What kind of sex life would you have if you weren't worried about being slut-shamed, the size of your penis, the fantasies that you have, the sexual acts that you do and who you do them with? That's what we're going to get into in today's episode of In Bed With Lisa. So whether you're new here or you've been here before, welcome. I'm Lisa Welsh and I'm a sex and pleasure educator who is obsessed with helping people to have more fun in bed. So that means banishing shame, making friends with our body and finally being able to talk about the things that you make us blush. Stay tuned for conversations about sex, confidence, body image, steamy techniques, relationships, dating and more. There's just one rule here, trust your instincts and look after yourself. Because sex can be amazing but it can also be triggering. It is unpredictable so trust yourself above all else. Today you'll hear me chat with Nina. She is a certified sex coach and podcaster based in Connecticut and she loves to help people to decode their obstacles to pleasure so that they can get switched on. And in this episode, she's going to be sharing practical tools to help people switch from their reality brain, which is the one that is full of all the to-do lists and the people that you need to please, into their pleasure brain, their turned on brain, which is where all the juicy stuff happens. You're going to hear the price of keeping your true sexuality from your partner, what it means if you don't have fantasies, sexual liberation, motherhood and sexuality, and so much more. So keep listening to learn Nina's baby steps into the world of fantasy. Welcome back to In Bed with Lisa. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Nina from Real Talk with Nina, who is a certified sex coach, a freelancer in the mental health space, podcaster, and all round absolutely awesome human, all the way from Connecticut. Welcome, Nina. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, although I think I would love to be in South Africa. <laughs> well, it is actually our midwinter here, so it's like a touch on the chilly side, but yeah, oh, it's gorgeous. yeah, we'll have to do a little swap one day. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nina, before we start, I know that you work a lot in the mental health space, and it just reminded me, as I said, Nina, then there is a show in England, a kids show called Nina and the Neurons. Have you ever heard of it? No, but that sounds so cute. <laughs> it's brilliant. You would love it. She has, it's actually so perfect for you because she talks to all the neurons and they all, they all have different senses and they all have different jobs to do. So she'll be like, touch, can you go and do this? And then like, yeah, touch, the little play neuron goes and does the thing. <laughs> And then she says, are you ready, neurons? And they say, ready, Nina. <laughs> I wish my neurons were that easy to direct. I think that, that would have made my life a lot easier. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, my word. That just came to me now. So I love your vibe. I love your sense of humor and your sense of fun. You really just appeal to me. Like, I've been so excited to talk to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I want to talk about today, if you could give us your insight, okay, your insight in the only way you know how, how can we move from like the doldrums, boring reality brain that we kind of get stuck in day to day to our sexy brain, like help, how do we escape and have more fun? Yeah, so I mean, I can share with you what I've learned when I lived a long time in my reality brain and didn't even know I had a sexy brain. Um, but one of the, one of the biggest things is number one is busting the myth that the only way to have a sex drive is for it to be this spontaneous thing that is 
always on or easily turned on, that is one of the one of the most detrimental belief systems personally this is just my opinion that's that's out there right now within couples because um it's becoming you know being in a patriarchal society uh everything's compared to how men exist right Mm -hmm. and the majority of cis men have what's called a spontaneous sex drive Mm -hmm. and and that literally just means that it's either incredibly easy to tap into their sexy brain or that their baseline is their sexy brain. <laughs> you know, okay. like, you know at, at any given point, if somebody says, hey, let's have sex, then they're turned on and let's, and let's you know, ready to go. Ready to and, go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Emily Nagoski uh, explained it in her book as, you know, the, I think it was her book, that talking about the gas fireplace versus a wood-burning fireplace. And it's such an amazing visual analogy because spontaneous sex drive is very much like, the fireplace exists and you turn on the switch and, and there you have the fire, right? And the other type of drive is responsive. And the way I explain it is literally means you need something to respond to in order to wake up that sexy brain. And so if we look at a wood burning fireplace, it needs wood, it needs maybe newspaper balls thrown in there, you know, over the course of the time, it needs matches, it needs air, it needs all of these things but the fire is just as hot Mm. as the gas fireplace. And that's what I think people are missing. I hear often my wife has no sex drive or my girlfriend has no sex drive or the woman herself will say, I have no sex drive. And it sometimes, like you said earlier, I I do use humor and often it's very sarcastic. And I'll say, uh, let me guess, you lost this sex drive within the first year to three years of being with this partner. And they're like, how did you guess? Oh my gosh. I was like, I don't know, because there's literally research on this. Like you're not that special, right? Like, you know, and I was saying earlier to you is that women actually, statistically speaking, get bored with monogamy faster than men. And so it is not a coincidence that these women in long-term relationships are just all of a sudden, quote unquote, losing their sex drive. It is not accurate at all. Um, again, unless there's some clinical hormonal thing going on. And yes, that, that can absolutely impact it. But for the most part, it's the problem isn't with the sex drive. The problem is with our culture and our lack of sex education. And, and I know I'm preaching to the choir on all of this, but in case any listeners, <laughs> you know, um, but it's, if you have a responsive sex drive, which most women do, all that means is it's going to take something to respond to. Now that could be a myriad of things. So some women might tap into their sexy brain if their partner was more, um, I call it non-sexual physical affection, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's walking up behind them and putting their hands on your lower, your lower back and giving you a kiss on your neck just to say, hi, there's no, there's no expectation. It's just like, you know, Hey baby, 
kiss and go on and, and do the dishes, right? Um, it could be uh, a sexy text. Mm -hmm. It could literally just be words of affirmation. So maybe, and I find this a lot with women and some self-disclosure, this is how it is for me, feeling sexually desired is a turn on for me. So that does help me go from regular, you know, reality brain to sexy brain. So it could be a text from your partner saying, just wanted to let you know, I've been thinking about fucking you all day, you know, I hope you have a good day, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I think, uh, you know, or it could be something more, you know, more over like porn, right? So there are, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of directions people can go with porn. We don't have to get into that. I'm just going to talk about the positive parts of porn um, where you can use visual stimulation. That's what we're going to call it because that's what it is, right? Mm -hmm. It's visual stimulation that takes you out of reality and into your sexy brain, right? There's erotica. So if you would prefer reading, uh, there's that. I remember Fifty Shades of Grey the, I mean, every night I was reading it going, oh my God, I probably should wake my husband up. Like, why is, I was so turned on just from reading, you know? And so I think it's the, the unlearning, if that's a word of this myth that we're all supposed to have a spontaneous sex drive, but that's all we see in media, right? Mm -hmm. That is what's in porn. That's what's in all the movies. You don't have a movie about you know, well, physical affection and sexting throughout the day and making sure the house is clean. And, but all of those things actually matter, right? In, in media, we see two attractive people see each other in a bar and then they leave and go have sex. Like, you know, well, the majority of us in, in long-term relationships, that is our reality. We are having sex with our partner. Most of us are having actual, you know, even if it's infrequent. So that's not a fantasy. That's kind of our reality, you know? And I, I think, especially women, again, I think women feel like if I'm not fantasizing about my partner, then I shouldn't be fantasizing. Or if I'm being turned on by anything other than my partner, something's wrong with the relationship. You know, it's that, what do they call them? The toxic monogamy vibe, you know? And, and look, that's coming from someone who's in a monogamous relationship. And I absolutely can call it like it is. There's this really, really unrealistic non-human-like expectation of people to be turned on all the time only by their partner, you know, and it's, it's crushing, it's crushing everybody, you know? Nina, you know what, you are, I'm just loving this. There's two questions I have for you that, that are coming up. So firstly, I really want to dig into a little bit more about you mentioning that women get bored with monogamy faster than men. I want to ask you more about that. And then secondly, what you just said about fantasizing about people other than your partner. So obviously those two things are connected. So are you suggesting that we need to go and find someone else to keep our marriages spicy? Like, what are you saying here? <laughs> totally. Everyone leave their relationship. <laughs> Not at all. You, did you ever see the Netflix special sex life? Yes. I literally have instructed couples to watch that show because what it's doing again, is it's breaking down this myth that it's always the guy that wants this variety and novelty and hot sex. I've found that guys are just really happy to have sex. Um, 
you know, I, and I, I don't want to simplify them because I know that men would be happy with really hot, great sex as well. But I, I've found that women could have sex every single day and be bored and unsatisfied. Whereas again, this is not an all or nothing thing, but most men, if they were having sex every day, I think they, most of them would probably be okay. You know, they might be like, oh, I kind of wish my wife wouldn't just lay there, but I think they might be happy. There's this belief that if you have a fantasy about something, it must mean you have to do it in order to fulfill the fantasy or the only way it's going to be hot. If you bring it, you know, bringing it into reality is if you actually act out that fantasy. And it's not true at all. And and I go back to the fact, and this is a fact that your brain is the largest sex organ. So if you can find ways to elicit the same emotional slash sexual response as you're experiencing in that fantasy, Mm. your brain's going to be pretty happy and might not even know the difference. And you're reducing the risk of things going wrong, right? So let's face it. Fantasies are always really hot and perfect in our head because we control it. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't have fantasies about having sex with other people and getting jealous. That's not, that's not something yeah. we about. I mean, if you're into that, that's totally cool, but that's not something typically that someone goes, Oh, I had this really hot fantasy where I was watching my husband have sex with another woman. And she was like way more attractive. And then I got really jealous. And then we got into a fight and we broke up like that, you know? So that's like not sexy. Right. Um, so If, and there's a lot of women, by the way, who absolutely get off from the idea, the fantasy of their spouse or their partner with another person. Mm. If you're out there and that's hot to you, welcome to being human, right? And, uh, And I think what people don't know is that there are ways to not 100% act out that specific fantasy. However, still eliciting those same taboo, like, oh my gosh, you know, vibes that is such a turn on for you. Uh, yeah. And that could look like, I mean, I can give away a few secrets here that could look like going to a strip club with your partner and, and buying them a lap dance. Right. And again, it's also a little baby step to see, okay, in real life, if you are hysterical crying and have this massive argument after you've just bought a lap dance where there's no, you know, sexual, I mean, it's sexual, but not, there's no actual sexual, you know, contact, then maybe that fantasy is just safest as a fantasy in your head. Right. Um, Wrong with that. Right. But yeah, that's a safe way of testing it out. Right. Right. And I think that that's where people kind of stop. They have this fantasy and one, they like never tell their partner because they're afraid of rejection and abandonment and judgment. And all of those are human fears, a hundred percent valid. Right. Um, and I just actually posted about this the other day is that the other side to that is that by keeping our sexuality from our partner, Mm. it's also limiting the level of intimacy we can ever have with them. Right now, now I'm not saying, you know, on a first date, go ahead and tell them, oh yeah, I, you know, I want to be pegged and cuckolded and, and, you know, and, you know, peed on, right. I'm not saying that, that you have to dump it all out there. Right. There's so many benefits to slowly building that emotional safety with your partner. Trust me, the fantasies I talk about now with my husband, Lisa, after 18 years are not the same ones that I would tell him in year two. There's no way, but that has to do with 
slowly building this emotional safety, like, hey, we just talked about that fantasy, which is pretty vanilla, but also not totally vanilla. And we kind of worked through it. And I, and I feel like we kind of connected. So maybe the next time I have a fantasy that's slightly less vanilla, I can be like, hey, I was, and I always use these lines with clients like, look, say you read an article about it. Say you saw a porn clip, you know, say you happened upon an Instagram account that was going over this, right? That way you're not completely coming out with, I want to do this fantasy or this is really a turn on. You're kind of saying, you know, I read this article about pegging, for example, and I don't know, I guess I never thought that that would turn me on, but there's a part of me that's a little interested, like, have you ever thought about that? Or so it's, it's not this a hundred percent divulging information, but it's also just like testing the waters where if your partner was like, yeah, I could probably never do that. You can always go. Yeah, I could totally see, you know, where, where you would be uncomfortable. And it's like, you don't feel like your ego was, you know, smashed. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm curious, do you think that most women say, for example, we're talking about women who perhaps have fantasies that they're not divulging. Do you think that they have like the fantasies all mapped out in their head? I'd speak to a lot of people who don't know what their fantasies might be. Like, how can you even figure out your fantasies? Do some people just not have fantasies? What can we do then? How can we spice things up if we don't have fantasies? Right. And I hear that a lot when I ask. uh, So here's, uh, this is a great example, Lisa. So one of my couples came to me and it was the, the classic she has no sex drive. I want sex. You know, we've, we've almost gotten divorced a few times, like all these things. And I said, all right, first question, talk to me about your self-pleasure. Right. And it always makes most people super uncomfortable, which also kills me. You know, like I wish people could just like masturbate and post about it, to be honest with you. (laughs) Um, but the, I asked the husband, I said, tell me, he's like, Oh, I mean, it's like every day, you know, I'm like, well, how, how do you get into that headspace? He's like, well, Again, this is a spontaneous drive. He's like, well, it doesn't take much. I mean, I could either fantasize or I could watch porn or, you know. And I said, okay, so how about you to the wife? I said, do you masturbate? Um, I mean, sometimes I have. I said, have you ever had an orgasm? Because that's another question is that 10 to 15% of women haven't had one. So sometimes, whereas I think oftentimes the assumption is that a guy has had an orgasm, but we have to remember that not every woman has had one, right? For multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. None of them being that she's broken, by the way. None of the reasons being that, but, and she said, yeah, I said, if you have an orgasm, yes. Oh, well, what did you think about? Or what did you watch? Or what did you read? And she like went white and she was like going to throw up. And I, and I was like, uh oh, like, did I just tap into something? So I said, look, you're paying me to not beat around the bush, right? Like people don't hire me to be, uh, you know, to, to be reserved. (laughs) So she said, you know, she looks at her husband. She said, I don't know if I've ever told you this. And then my heart starts racing. Like, oh shit. (laughs) You know, like now I'm going to have to do some massive, like fire extinguishing here. And she said, in order for me to get off, I often think about him having sex with another woman. And he, this is the guy whose wife quote unquote has no sex drive. Right. And he was like, I, I mean, his, his poor face was like, what, you know? And again, we had to work through that because there's also this myth that if you fantasize about something, you want it to happen. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of was like, oh, well, what if this means she wants to open the relationship? Is that what she's trying to tell me? And I was like, oh, here we go. No, absolutely not. Right. Um, but once that came out, 
we explored a gazillion other things to the point where now it's like they know exactly how to go into their sexy brain. He knows how to help her get into her sexy brain. And we literally were going like weekly to bi-weekly to now once a month, because I, 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 you know, as hard as this is, I'm not sure how, what else they need help with. Right. So it, the fantasy discussions are probably my absolute favorite. Um, one of the ways to help people figure that out is I'll go through the seven. So Justin Lee Miller, who's like the guru of fantasy studies, he kind of categorized fantasies into seven different categories. And typically I will go through those categories and say, Hey, do you think this would turn you on? Do you think that would turn you on? Do you think that would turn you on? And picking out the larger picture. So for this specific couple, one of the things we figured out was she actually likes risky, you know, risky sex, you know, having it in places where she could get caught, Um, you know, pretending to be somebody else, you know, it's like very risky. And once you know that, oh my God, it like unlocks all these different scenarios. I mean, there's so many ways to have risky sex, you know? Um, And so that's typically what I would do is go through the categories, come up with a bunch of examples. Mm -hmm. If they are okay watching porn, I will say, hey, here are some categories to search, you know? Um, And we go through that, like, how did that make you feel? Or did that turn you on? Or, you know, have you ever watched a movie that turned you on? And oftentimes I can kind of pull from that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. She was turned on because of X, Y, and Z, you know? So it's, it is, I see that too, is that a lot of times people say, I don't have any fantasies because they either don't equate what turns them on to fantasies. Because if you're masturbating and you're orgasming, um, something sexual is going on in your head. But I think people also think fantasies have to be this huge drawn out specific thing. Yeah. When maybe it's not, (laughs) maybe it's just literally fantasizing about your husband and his secretary. You know, maybe that's, maybe that's it. It doesn't have to be this like, well, then we walked on the beach and, you know, and, and I think women too have always been told that they should have very vanilla sexual interests, right? God forbid you even think outside of monogamy, then like you're, you're not even a a valuable human being as a woman. Right. And if they're not romantic or sensual fantasies, then you shouldn't be having them. If you're a woman, like that's the belief systems that are out there. So if a woman is like, actually, I'm really turned on by the idea of a gangbang or of, you know, being dominated or being degraded, it's, it's so hard for, for women to come out and say that. And I think equally when their spouses or, or partners find out, they're like, how can I bring that to life? I can't call her a slut. Like that's the mother of my children or that's, you know, so there's, there's a lot that goes into it. A lot of unlearning, um, you know, but so much fun when that happens so yeah. much fun. <laughs> Wow. And learning on both parts, like you said, like, like I've also, like you said, I've experienced a a situation where the man would be like, I can't do that position because it's degrading for her, even though she's like, please do that position. (laughs) Yep. And I think that's where it comes down to is that even our partners are negatively impacted by, by patriarchal value so everyone always thinks when we use the word patriarchy that it's like Mm man-hating I love men Mm -hmm. love men (laughs) and 
misogyny and patriarchy is awful for men too. Why do you think men have, you know, penis size insecurity? Why do you think men have, uh, cis men have uh, performance anxiety? The fact that they even think it has to be a performance is, is an issue. You know, the, oh, I have to have a huge penis. I have to last for 55 hours. I can't show my emotions. I can't, that's the patriarchy. That's misogyny. That is not man-hating. You know, it's, I think that's another thing is that if we all realize we're actually all being negatively impacted by the current, you know, the, the cultural values that are so antiquated, it's not guy versus girl. It never has been, you know, um, it's, it's all of us against the culture that we live in. Wow. Everyone would benefit if, if we, if we stopped looking at it as penises versus vaginas, you know, it isn't that at all. It isn't that at all. The same culture that's hurting vaginas is hurting penises and those who have them. That's the truth, you know? And I think that for, for men to be like, I can't do that because she's my wife. I can't call her that. I can't be this position. I can't spank her. I can't do this. Why? Because women have been portrayed as these fragile, asexual, maternal, white picket fence beings, right? And we're not, <laughs> we're just not. I don't know how to like really professionally and, and you know, research, you know, wise say that. <laughs> like, we're just not, we're yeah. pretty badass and very sexual. And we're, you know, and it's the, it's the culture. That's the issue. Nina, this is brilliant. So let's see if I can try and summarize all of this amazingness that you've said. So to get from our like reality brain to sexy brain could be as simple as getting past the culturalization, the socialized, boring vanilla-ness and actually like delve into the things that turn us on and see if we can actually taste that and have a response to it. Like, have I kind of got it there? A hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> Is that our culture and all the messages we've gotten about sex, uh, regardless of your gender, is stifling our sexuality in one way or another. So how would it feel to not worry about being slut shamed, to not worry about the size of your penis, to not worry about what fantasies you have to not worry about what sexual acts or who you want to do them with what if there was zero zero apprehension there what kind of a sex life would you have Ooh, it would be steamy nina <laughs> I, I would have multiple sex lives <laughs> oh my goodness I have to say, as as I as I get older, I just turned 40 this month, I'm feeling like I am entering that zone. I'm like, I'm like, move back those, you know, the bead curtains and come through with my feather boa and just like, a, okay, I'm ready to remove the apprehension, live that kind of life Nina just said. I'm ready for it. <laughs> yes. And you know, I will say that I'm 41. So I, so we're in the same boat here. And, and the, my kind of sexual awakening happened late, late thirties. I'm probably like maybe 39, 38. Um, and it's still happening. Uh, and I do have children. So I get the, also the message of moms, 
you better not be sexual because that is awful. Like that's, we're moms. We're just supposed to go to PTO meetings and bake. Like that's, you know, but in reality, a lot of us moms, um, we are a force to be reckoned with sexually, I will tell you. But I think as we get old, I mean, women in general, but I'm speaking of moms because we were just talking about that. But when I feel like um, once we get to a certain age and we no longer fear slut shaming, I think that was a big thing for me is like, who's going to shame me? My husband? Like, he'll be happy, right? You know? And I think the other pieces, the fantasies that I share now, um, I think I'm just more confident in who I am. And the fact that I'm a woman in, you know, I write my own script now and what it's like to be Nina as a woman. Growing up, we had to live by whatever whatever sexuality would cause the the least you know, ripples, then that's what I would do. Like I, I was only in monogamous relationships. I didn't really talk about sex at all. Um, and it was just kind of like, you can't get picked on if you are in a relationship. And sometimes I wonder if that was why I was always in long-term relationships through high school was I could be as sexual as I wanted with my partner. If the, our high school knew what I was doing in those relationships, you know, they'd be like, Nina, yeah, Nina, Nina. But if I was single and like hooking up mm-hmm. at parties, the the consequences socially, let alone you know physically, but the mm-hmm. cons- the consequences socially were scary enough for me personally that I just didn't even allow myself to to go there. So I think as we get older, and a lot of this stuff that was keeping us from exploring our sexuality, they kind of start to fade away a little bit. All of a sudden, we're like, wow this is how women show up like all right I'll, I'll do I'll do it do it oh and isn't it great I'm just loving like the the freedom not that not only for ourselves but I mean I'm speaking for myself and I'm I can just imagine that you agree but like the equal freedom that I'm giving to other women now like I do not judge I'm looking around I am celebrating all expressions of womanhood and sexuality I'm like yes 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 wear that yes do that yes if you're having fun then I'm all over it yeah and I think also as an adult and I talked about this on one episode where I didn't realize how much internalized misogyny I have um I don't think anybody can be raised in this culture and not have it um it was a humbling you know realization but even something like if I think of male strippers versus female strippers, I think very different things. Our culture has taught us, oh, if you're really, really sexual as a woman, you have daddy issues, you're probably doing drugs, you're, but a guy, no one says, oh, the, oh, he's a stripper. Oh, he's a player. He's hot. He's sexy. Well, mm-hmm. Why doesn't he have mommy? Maybe he has mommy issues. Maybe he has drug problems, but women have been shamed yeah. forever or being sexual, that even women mm-hmm. are still trying to challenge that. I see professional therapists that have OnlyFans accounts, right? Men, men, I'm sure women do too, but the ones I've seen are men. And I guarantee you that they haven't lost clients or mm-hmm. um, it's not like shamed. I mean, maybe it is, but nowhere near, if I came out with an OnlyFans, Oh, my, my marriage would be questioned. My values would be questioned. My ability to parent my children would be questioned. All of that, yeah. you know, yeah. and it keeps a lot of women, quote unquote, in the closet a lot for their entire lives. A lot of women don't ever come out. 
Gosh, it's so sad. Oh, but I think you're right. Nina, thank you so much for today. You've shared so generously. You've been such fun and I've learned a lot from you. I'm just like the the fantasy, the fantasy part of the conversation has been my absolute favorite. So thank oh, you yes. very, very much. I'd really love to know how can people find you, number one, and how can they come and work with you? They can go to realtalkwithnina.com is the website. Um, Instagram is where I'm most active and that's just at Nina Real Talk. Or if you look up the hashtag Real Talk with Nina, I'm there. Fantastic. People can come along and find you, follow you, sign up and hear all of your awesome news. I'm loving it. Thank you, Nina. I am a massive fan. I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to chatting with you again soon. Same here. Thanks so much, Lisa. That's all for today's episode. Did you enjoy it? I would love to hear if you had any aha moments or key takeaways. Share them with me in the comments or give me a DM on Instagram. I am there at in bed with Lisa. Here's my takeaway. Keeping our true sexuality from our partner limits the level of intimacy that we can ever have with them. That one really got me thinking. And by the way, if you're still here, are you interested in a free gift? It's an ebook that is designed especially to help you to have more fun in bed. Head over to inbedwithlisa.com to grab your copy. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.